1: Sunday morning. Good morning to you and thank you for joining us here for the second hour of the first day show. It's presented by our friend Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. They're real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty. CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. This is the time to buy and sell and at least a lot of you are. I know that because I look myself. But uh <laughs> and we'll
2: be and hearing you, from them the, my dream is always looking for oh, the we're dream. to be hearing
3: from them great. Yeah,
2: in just about less than 30 30 minutes.
3: You know, there are experts and then there are experts. I when Greg and Lisa talk I listen. They they yeah. really do know what they're talking they
1: about. They really do. So they'll join us and in- have a we've got some questions for them on this sunday which is normally an open house day so we've got some questions for them and uh, we'll chat with them just in about uh, 25 minutes or so uh glad you're here with us i'm terry stacy along with denny smith
3: good morning dear one
1: good morning to you kylan tally producing today good morning good morning denny and i have been uh watching out our window here on monument circle and <laughs> It's, it's amazing i'm just like a kid crane, when i watch this crane
3: must be 250 foot tall
1: not a bird crane
3: no no a crane that's lifting a <laughs> right. like a three-ton compressor over to the circle tower <laughs> yeah, and the <laughs> guy in the crane cannot see the guys on the roof where he's doing it so they have to have cameras terry it's, i don't know I, I how don't else know. he could do it but i know they got cool. the radios going because i saw the guy on the roof with the radio so.
1: it is uh it is very cool to watch these guys work on a sunday
3: we're just kindergartners watching the show we
1: really kind of
0: are <laughs> we really are <laughs> we,
1: we really are Can congratulations to all of the winners from yesterday's IHS boys basketball championship games um, as we mentioned Ben Davis 33 and0 what perfect a story. perfect record uh, and and uh, I know everybody's very thrilled Garen Catholic lost I'm sad about that to Northwood Fort Wayne Blackford or Blackwood excuse me they won 2 a title And Indianapolis Lutheran, congratulations to you winning the 1A title. So a big night for everybody, uh, high school basketball fans. I was watching also, if you're keeping track of all that's happening with your NCAA brackets, there was a cool story about Florida. There's a Florida school, right? It's a Florida school. Please forgive me. I don't have it in front of me. But this Florida school, there's no no one seed teams in the (laughs) tournament now at all.
3: It's gone. It's just uh, it's amazing how blow, blown up the brackets must be, yeah every, every regional every everything's just uh different, but it's fun to watch the, everything from a Cinderella story to now where the dominant teams are coming from and how they're yeah. reacting to the pressure of the n c two attorney
1: Florida Atlantic. That's who it is. Florida oh, yeah. Atlantic Their and UConn on. are in the final four, um, and then Miami plays Texas at San Diego State, and there's another game too. So we've got two more before we have the final four. We get the final four here in Indianapolis in just a couple years, I believe. In fact, what's on the list?
3: Getting close. It's
1: getting close. There's a couple couple times they play in Indianapolis over the next what, maybe five ten years. I don't know you
3: think you'll have the zip line for them.
1: I don't know. That's, I what, don't we for, for <laughs> That's what we did for the Super Bowl. That's what we did for the Super Bowl. Yeah, for sure. Coming up, Denny Smith will have investing sense. And you're going to talk about what today?
3: Uh, I'm really watching the bank's balance sheets. With The Fed had to make a decision between protecting the dollar or protecting the banking system. And they made the decision. And when we, when we do that segment, I'll share with you what I am watching very, very car- carefully. Both as a depositor, as a businessman, and, and what we as Americans should be paying attention to, because it's more serious than I think the Treasury is letting us know.
1: You're getting a lot of texts and questions. Oh, my questions gosh, My email about blows up with
3: this stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we'll talk about that too coming up. And there is some good news, too. The Slippery Noodle Inn has announced it is allowing family dining again after the brief period as a 21 and older business. Now, this was very controversial over the last couple of weeks, but the bar confirmed the update in a Facebook post on Friday evening, and it said that Indiana state excise police issued a clarification regarding the floor plan and family dining areas will be designated and open to minors Monday right. through Thursday until 9 p.m. and then Fridays and Saturdays until 7 30. So kids can come back to the slippery noodle now. Honestly and a good well. move. I thought that
3: was a good move. I have a young friend who has three kids under the age of five and she took them over to the local just north of 146. Oh yeah? And they were the only ones in the restaurant because it was new. you know it was it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. And the kids, you know, one of them spilled lemonade on him and they had to take his <laughs> pants off. So he's sitting there in his underwear. and I'm thinking, <laughs> I just love mothers that just got to get out of the house, take the kids, no matter what happens. Oh you know? man,
1: it's not. Uh, you know, there's others that uh, are cheering the fact that there are some restaurants around our country the, that, that are saying no more, 20, oh, yeah. no more 21, well, no more kids, yeah. no more kids. Those
3: people lose perspective I of what they, life they is they about sometimes.
1: Uh, all right, we are going to take a break now, Kylan. Is that okay? That because sounds Because let's wonderful. get to Denny Smith. We'll also have some trending stories coming up. You're going to do food news today. I would love to do some food let's news. Get a food news in today this hour as well, and Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips from uh, Crossroads Collective, too, will join us in just a little bit. This is the first day. Thank you for being here with us on this beautiful day, 93, WIBC. You've got a friend in me. That was you. That was you that was whoing.
0: You've got a going to do it when
3: <laughs> what a great show
2: oh
0: my
3: gosh so, so good
2: and what a great show here thanks mean. for joining us that's this sunday
3: true. that's it's little kylan the- WIBC's first day. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, the real estate consultants of Crossroad Collective and Compass Realty. You can find them at CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. Just great people. We're going to hear from them in just a second.
1: Just a second. That's Denny Smith's voice. And Denny's going to do a little investing sense for us right now. Denny's been getting some uh, texts and emails and any way to contact Denny. About what? About- but it's a,
3: it's about the banks. We always think our banks are just banks. They take our money, and then they loan it out to other businesses in our in our city or in our town or in our state, and they charge a little bit more interest, and then they pay us our interest. And, but it's all changed, and it changed in the latter part of the 1990s when Robert Rubin was the U.S. Secretary of the Treasury and Clinton was president, and they re, they repealed some legislation that said banks – could now act as investing banks, which means that they got a piece of the action of, of where their loans were going, and they were acting more like investment bankers than they were as traditional bankers. Well, a lot's been going on, and we've seen that what used to be the balance sheet of the United States Federal Reserve, back in the 2006, 2007, their balance sheet was about, oh, 800 billion dollars and that sounds like a lot of money well Mm -hmm. where it is right now is well over nine trillion dollars and heading to 10 trillion dollars and the fed is in a mess, and we're all watching our banks. I think I haven't seen any Indiana banks at risk, so I'm just giving you information from my contacts across the world.
1: And if I may, yes. do we have very many Indiana banks left? Oh, sure. We do.
3: Oh, yeah, so, and they're small regional banks, and they're state-chartered banks, like the State Bank of Lisbon out in uh, Hendricks County. Great little bank, well-capitalized. You've got the National Bank of Indianapolis, a real friend to the Emmes uh, family, and now the Radio One family. They're There's some great, well-capitalized banks. I think uh, uh, Maury Maurer is probably one of the best uh, banking executives I've ever seen as far as keeping banks safe. And he's with the National Bank of Indianapolis.
1: Would you keep, when you think about that, because I grew up in a small town Mm -hmm. and had my little small town bank. And then when I moved away and got a little older, then we put them in the big banks. Right. what do you prefer?
3: I prefer a small bank, uh, a state-capitalized bank, uh, National Bank of Lisbon. I have done business with them as a borrower uh, in business. But I, I like the National Bank of Indianapolis. I was a stockholder of, of that firm when it started off. Uh, I am no longer a stockholder but because, just because I stopped investing in banks. Mm-hmm but uh i believe in local 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 they're the ones that are going to love you when the economy changes they understand your business they understand your city i
1: miss that small town feel that i had with my little small town yeah so
3: here's what's going on the fed it was trying to defend the dollar we kept seeing inflation go up and so the fed says we're going to prevent that from happening because we're going to put the brakes on it and the way they do that is they charge more interest to banks and so banks have to charge you more interest and so a lot of your profits then are squeezed out of the system to pay interest to the banks so the fed had to decide whether they're going to defend the banks now or they're going to defend the dollar in other words if they keep raising interest rates the economy is going to crumble i I listened to professor will from university of indianapolis what a great guy i mean mattwill.com if you want to get what's really going on in the world that's a good place to start but the question is where does it go from here they the fed raised this week a quarter of a point Mm -hmm. and what that means is that the 10-year treasuries and the 20-year treasuries are going to go up in interest bearing, uh, they'll pay a little bit more. But here's the thing, nobody's buying them, but the Fed. So that is a direct printing of money, any way you look at it. And it's not just the United States. If you look over at Credit Suisse, Credit Suisse was acquired by UBS, um, AG and Credit Suisse is a 167 year old bank in Switzerland, uh, Terry, and they were rock solid, but everything changed when we allowed banks to be banks and investment companies. And I've done deals with the Credit Suisse people when we took the plumbing company and the HVAC company uh, uh, public. That was one of the things that we dealt with. We had to deal with investment bankers, but they don't think like bankers and they're not trying to defend your investments and my investments as savings accounts or 401ks or whatever. So the jury's still out and uh, all my buddies are writing me and saying, Denny, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm all I'm saying is I'm watching very carefully. Uh, we we won't know uh, whether we're in trouble or we're not in trouble because I don't think we're getting good information from the Treasury. I'm not a big fan of Janet Yellen. I wasn't a big fan of Janet Yellen when I found out that her primary investment strategy was precious stamps. She's a stamp collector. And I thought, this is the Secretary of Treasury? I wonder if she has a 401k she's, account. No, she invests in stamps. stamps. She's a stamp collector. Okay, well... So anyway, what, what does it mean to us? It means that we have to pay attention, that our banks are solid. I think the Indiana banks are rock solid. I, I can't say enough. Please don't worry about those. But listen and pay attention. Uh, bankers um, on the national level are a lot like politicians. The way you know that they're lying and not telling you the, torch, the, the real story is that you, you watch their mouths move. But they are in it for themselves. In fact, this Credit Suisse deal, you know, UBS, Credit Suisse is in trouble. They're falling apart. They're going to be bankrupt over in Switzerland. Now, Mm -hmm. this is Switzerland, the home of banking. So you think (laughs) UBS comes in, they're going to pay $3 billion for this. I'm thinking $3 billion, that's like pennies on the dollar for this Credit Suisse bank. They didn't even pay him a damn dime, Terry. They issued them stock in UBS to pay them off. So it was a paper transaction. It was a dilution of UBS. You know, as an investment banker, I'm looking at this and saying... This isn't a deal. This is a garage sale, you know? And these are the people that are running the national markets. So thank God for local banks. That's all I'll say is thank God for local banks.
1: Oh, I loved local banks. I really do. I like that service you get with a local bank.
3: Did you have a squirrels club? Did you have it when you would take your, I had a paper out. I'd take my things down there. I
1: did. I yeah. did, but I—I I mean, I remember the local bank in Knightstown Town where I grew up, and and you know they would call me and say, you know what, you're overdrawn, or you know, I mean, they would they would watch out for you. Oh, they really yeah. knew you. And, they knew and, your name and, too. And knew your name, and and I liked that type of service. I know a lot of people don't like all of that, but I liked having a, a business that looked out for me, and I feel like that small bank that's that really did.
3: I I think that what we are seeing is a national. Um, there is a national movement to get rid of smaller banks and move them to the bigger banks. The bigger banks are buddies with all the politicians and everything. And when when you looked at the uh, uh, Silicon Valley bank uh, crush, who bought them out? A bigger bank. And the bigger banks are well-connected in Washington, D.C. So just don't you dare give up on the, on the local banks. Local banks are your life. You, you know, remember them.
1: There's a I got a text. You probably got it too cuz it's asking you, "Denny, I'm considering putting all my money in crypto. Can you do a segment on that?" Uh, why
3: don't we do, why don't we say that? Want to one? Save it? I, I had a chance to invest in crypto. Cuz you really got about
1: 2 2 minutes or 3 minutes been, if you uh, think you can do it in that amount of time.
3: I, crypto never made sense to me. Never made sense. To me. I had a chance to invest in crypto when it was $5. The crypto, you know, Bitcoin. And I passed on. I had another chance when it was $45. It never made sense. At some point, why don't we do a segment on crypto? Okay. We'll, we'll do that. Let's Tara. do it. It'll Let's do, do that. that. We'll All do. right.
1: We'll answer your question next week. Denny, thank you. you uh, bet, Denny's right. always here every week with us now, and uh, Investing Sense is a part of that as well. We think that's important stuff. So uh, thank you, Denny. 1125, 52 degrees in sunny skies. Kylan?
2: Some trending stories going into our Fox News bottom of the hour newscast. Uh, a way that a Walmart customer was wanting to save up on some money. She went viral for filling up her Dawn dish soap to avoid getting ripped off. So she would take a bottle from the aisle, pour it into the other bottle to fill it off. All oh, the way I to the top, that. And then set it back and, <laughs> and take I, the fill. I
1: mean, one. I've thought about that, too, because uh, sometimes you do look at a bottle and you're like, that's not all the way full. I've. I
2: wish you could do it with chips too, but that's <laughs> yeah, unfortunately really, not the How case. about that? <laughs>
4: <Kylin>. <laughs>
2: Some other trending stories. Uh, while we're on food, do you remember the time before the liquids rule for planes? Do you have do you, you ever? Yeah, it was yeah. twenty years ago that this liquids rule TSA oh, well, rule okay, went in. Yeah, right. And so it went into effect twenty years ago. Bans on liquids, years ago? gels, aerosols. Yeah, it's it wild been that to long. think about. Well, for me, when I'm packing, when I'm packing, that's what I'm honestly most stressed about is that I'm going to end up having an extra <laughs> ounce of shampoo in my bottle, or like I'm going to end up having a lithium ion battery that I don't know or is. They're uh,
3: digging through your toiletries. Lord know. knows what yeah. they're going to find, and it's not your toothbrush.
2: Right. You know? Well,. Add peanut butter to the list. I hear this. This is peanut
3: butter. Right? right? Yes.
1: They're considering this a liquid now, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. The debate- The the chemical- Well, anyway, you tell it.
2: (laughs) The debate was brought up because of a podcaster posting to Twitter because he tried to take peanut butter on the plane and TSA stopped him saying, sorry, no liquids, gels, or aerosols. He replied, I want you to tell me which one of those is peanut butter because you wouldn't think it's a liquid, but- TSA replied on social media saying that liquid, as science says, has no definite shape and takes a shape dictated by its container, which thus is peanut butter.
3: You know what? Only the government could tell you that peanut butter was a liquid. Only the government could tell Taking you.
1: Taking it away and you from need you. It and They'll travel size 3.4 ounces or less. Can't take it while you, spring breakers, <laughs> are headed to the uh, airport. This is a busy weekend. By the way, this is going to be a busy week out at Indianapolis International Airport. But remember that because they're confiscating your peanut butter. It ready is, to take it is it. a liquid, so they say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then my final trending story for you this one was really funny as well. A woman went viral for trying to sell her house, but instead of just putting listing up because the listing was not working she decided to sing about it in a karaoke version of guess the song do you know what that theme is um this is a, a television show never-ending story
3: oh oh I remember that this
2: oh, I love this so my 47 year old son sat on my lap
3: while we watched this yeah. <laughs> well he was 47 at the room.
1: time what she saying I'll with these If the house has got solar panels. It's
2: all small business, there is so much you can do. The never-ending <laughs> Did
3: she, she sell it?
2: She hasn't sold it yet, oh. but she goes on through so many different items that she's like, Come on, please sell my house. Sell my house. This isn't working. <laughs>
3: That's good. That's good. Uh, They don't know Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. That's all I'll say.
1: Real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty, CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. Guess what? They're here. Uh, Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants. They're here with us this morning. Hi, guys. How are you?
4: Great. Wonderful. Great to talk to you.
1: It's great to talk to you. Lisa, are you there, too? Yes, I am. Thank you both for joining us this morning. All right, guys, what do you want to talk about on this beautiful Sunday, which is uh, would be a great day to go and look for a house, right? I mean, this is a great open house day.
4: So we'll start off by saying it is a fabulous open house day. It's a fabulous day in central Indiana. And, Terry, there are still home sellers out there getting above-ask offers on their homes, but you have to know how to do it. Your home has to be ready, and you have to have somebody who can help you strategize through the offer process. That is incredibly important, but despite all the bad national housing headlines, that is, in fact, taking place.
3: Uh, I've been watching the rates. Uh, They're stable as stable can be. Uh, Lisa, are you expecting rates to move up or move down or just stay the same for a while?
0: I think we're looking at it'll probably be stable for a while. hopefully move down a little. But again, as we've noticed in the last couple of weeks with the bank situation, that is always changing. Like stuff can happen in the market that can change that, but I would think we're going to be stable.
3: Are there any first-time uh, bargains out there for first-time home buyers? Uh, Janie and I bought our first house 50 years ago in, in this period of time, and I just remember there was just a dearth of opportunities, but they told us to look in a different area, and that's where we ended up buying our house. Do you have areas that you push people, Lisa?
0: Well, I don't, I think, um, the great thing with the internet now is they, they have, uh, buyers have a lot of opportunities to find the areas that they want to live in, drive around, see what their comfort level is and where they want to be. Is there opportunities? Yes. I have a couple of first time home buyers right now that, again, the houses that are, I will say hdtv ready are going multiple offers within days, but there's still a plethora of other homes that are not. In the best best of conditions that allow these first time homebuyers to have some opportunities in the market
1: and Greg, this the inventory let's talk about that a little bit too because as I'm out there kind of I just like looking but I see you know the, the inventory still seems low and as the weather gets better and we're really out there now, what do you think will the inventory stay low or what's your when you look in your crystal ball what do you see?
4: It's going to be a long time, Terry, before we have a, a greatly increased level of inventory. People are rate locked into their homes. You know, if you've got a 3% mortgage, it's pretty tough to stomach a six and a half or a seven right now, unless you absolutely have to go. So the bottom line is as a buyer, you need to be aware of that. And sellers don't let that go to your head. You still have to have, as Lisa said, that HGTV ready home to get the most money out of your house. <laughs> But the inventory situation is not going to resolve itself anytime soon. We are vastly undersupplied. We probably have 20% of the inventory in central Indiana, what we had five years ago, and that's not going to change anytime soon.
3: Will new construction fill any of that void, guys? They can't build houses fast enough. They can't build them fast enough? No. All right. Well, compared to new construction versus the inventory that is available to us in the existing market, um, is there a... Is there a better deal with new construction, or, or are we getting better deals with with our existing inventory?
4: Well, it's a two different you know, apples to oranges type of comparison, Denny, but I'm in favor of the new construction, because there are companies building speculative homes all around central Indiana. You have a time that you can get your home, if you're in one, ready and sold, or have time to prepare to make that purchase. I think that there are probably better opportunities in some price points, in some geographies, in new construction right now, than there, what there might be in resale.
3: Greg Cooper, Lisa Phillips, thanks for joining us. Oh, but well, wait, I have oh. one more question. Okay, go. Is
1: that okay? I have one more question. And, Greg, uh, what do you think? It's, can you sell your house faster by bearing a St. Joseph statue? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: you, can, you can sell your house faster, better, uh, by having a bottle of great bourbon for your realtor, is what you can generally do. <laughs>
1: wait, okay, <Not> by singing <laughs> no, a song no, wait, either. just one more. I have one more. For sellers, Lisa, for sellers, above asking offers, they come to those homes who are most resident. Ready. And so you've got to have your home most ready, correct?
0: Correct. Okay. And I don't recommend singing that song <laughs> that you just played. I don't see the benefit of that. I it think help. we should, I, I feel pretty good that you know we can market a house a little bit better than that. Okay. But if so you does need that me mean singing on video? Does that know, mean you have we, to we clean? Your, that into
3: our marketing. Do you have to clean your closets? I'm always worried. I remember going to look at houses and I'd open up closets and I go, Oh dear Lord, can, is is that all I got for a closet? Well. Anyway, Crossroads Collective <laughs> at Compass Realty. We can find them at crossroadscollectivehomes.com. Greg Cooper, Lisa Phillips, you guys are the best. Thanks for joining us, okay? Thank, Thank you, you.
1: It's 11:33. You're listening to the first day on 93 WIBC. Yeah. 93 WIBC. It is Terry Stacy. It is Women's History Month and it is time to meet the movers and shakers at Midwest 16 Tech. And joining us now is Emily Kruger. She is the president and CEO of 16 Tech Community Corporation. Hello, Emily. Hi, Terry. How are you? We're good. We're so glad to have some time with you. Tell us about 16 Tech. Um,
5: 16 Tech is ultimately the destination for innovation and entrepreneurship in Indianapolis. Uh, we are a place that is um, meant to create opportunities for innovators and entrepreneurs. We do that by supporting the local ecosystem. But 16 Tech is ultimately an asset that helps the city of Indianapolis, central Indiana, and the state market itself as a place that supports innovators and entrepreneurs. And we do that not just by offering spaces um, that are needed, spaces with flexible office terms, spaces with shared resources like wet labs, uh, production and prototyping and fabrication spaces. But 16 Tech Community Corporation is a nonprofit that oversees all of this, Make sure that there's a value that goes beyond space through networking activities, through programs and events that we host. And we also make sure that 16 Tech is a place for those who are wanting to learn about innovation. They want to know what entrepreneurship is. They can also start their journey here. And so um, 16 Tech is also a front door to the broader innovation ecosystem for those who are looking to see what opportunities there might
1: be. We just had the opportunity to speak to Chef Tawana Gully, who has her yes. place, the Healthy Soul Restaurant. She talks so much about that connection with others that are there. She walked in. She knew this was home. Two, three buildings
5: now? We have three buildings that are open today and um, approximately 90 companies, 700 people who work in 16 Tech that are employed by those companies. And we have nine additional development sites, so 16 Tech is just getting started. and. Um, Chef Tawana is a great example of the culture of entrepreneurship that we have at 16 Tech. Uh, our primary customer is the innovation-driven enterprise and entrepreneur. So, a hard tech company, a life sciences startup, a traditional software business, but. We also recognize that in supporting those entrepreneurs, we have opportunities to support other entrepreneurs, especially in food and retail spaces. So the AMP Food Hall at 16 Tech, which is our primary source of amenities, has more than 20 different tenants in it. 100% of them are local and independent owned. 65% are female or minority owned and operated. 50% are new business concepts and a significant number also have direct connections to the near west and the near northwest neighborhoods of which 16 Tech is a part. So the AMP is a wonderful example of how we're creating a broader culture that that is ultimately providing opportunities for a variety of types of entrepreneurs.
1: This is, by the way, Emily Kruger, and she's leading the way at 16 Tech. We're celebrating this month, Women's History Month. Emily, what did you want to do when you were a kid? you ask my parents,
5: they would say I never knew, but um, my take on that would be I always had a variety of interests. I recall wanting to be a teacher, a doctor. I actually spent my first three years as an undergrad um, studying chemistry. And so I've always had a wide variety of interests, and what excites me significantly about 16 Tech is that we get to interact with companies of all different sizes, types, industries. Some of whom are doing really cool, pioneering, cutting-edge things. So I learn every day by the things that companies in 16 Tech are doing, and. I also get to help contribute to showcasing how Indiana can be a really great place to start a company and to build your family. And so those are the things that that really excite me. We have women founders, and we have leaders in the philanthropic community, which I also call 16 Tech Home. So, Adipo Therapeutics, which is led by Karen Wooster, mm-hmm. Cream and Concrete, Caitlin Vossler, yeah. who is in 16 Tech. Uh, the team at Early is Good is led by a woman founder. And then we have the leadership from CICP, Melina Kennedy, uh, Tingo T with TechPoint, uh, Julie Heath with the IEDC. So, we're really excited that 16 Tech
1: is a place that's encouraging entrepreneurs uh, and, and leadership. What's important to a leader today? Because things are changing so fast. You know, we don't have people coming back to work yet. You know, we're, st- we're trying to find this balance of, mm-hmm. of life and, and work.
5: Two things that come to mind um, the first is that it's key that any leader today be adaptable. Um, you just acknowledge the world's changing quickly. And so, uh, it's something that's exciting, but there needs to be a curiosity about it, a willingness to flex, a willingness to adjust business models. and a um, vision to take advantage of new opportunities as they present themselves as well. And then the second thing that I believe is critical for leaders today is to be authentic. Um, You've acknowledged that with the changes in the way we work, it doesn't matter what industry one is in, work bleeds into home, and we all have one life that we get to live, and so to expect to compartmentalize it between work and between personal life is just frankly, really hard and and unrealistic. And so I think it's really important that leaders today are authentic, that when they show up, uh, whether it's at work or whether it's at home, they're able to acknowledge what's going on in their life and that they're um, able to be in a culture that supports that and is open to it. So to me, that's something that is Uh, really important. I I started my career working in the political arena. and So there was a certain level of formality that was associated with that. And I also spent some time in private equity. And so for me, um, the idea of being authentic, of, of being open and sharing what's going on outside of work has been something that's been learned over the course of my career. But I find that in doing so, it also makes me more relatable to others and has created opportunities for me to connect with my staff and with other partners and people who are working with in in new ways that are ultimately important um, in my own professional journey as well. So being adaptable and being authentic are two key things um, in my mind.
1: We talked about just a bit ago, Emily, you've got three buildings, and now I understand there's a suspension bridge or something you're going to break ground on, and perhaps you already have, but I thought it was maybe this spring?
5: Yes, so we're very excited. In just a couple weeks, we're going to be celebrating the groundbreaking of a bridge which will cross Fall Creek and connect to 10th Street and Riley Drive. And Um, This is special for us because not only is it increasing physical connectivity to the hospitals immediately to our south, to the IU Indianapolis campus, to the Purdue in Indianapolis campus, um, but more than just a physical connection, um, this bridge also for us symbolizes the connection that 16 Tech is ultimately creating for others uh, and, and connecting our innovation ecosystem. Um, The bridge is a first-of-its-kind engineering. It's effectively a riff on a cable stay bridge. And much of innovation is actually taking something that's existed in the past and coming up with a creative new way for it. Um, This bridge does that. And the architecture and the structure are fully integrated. Many of the bridges that we see driving around Marion County, and believe it or not, there's 400 in Marion, more than 400
1: in Marion
5: County, are bridges that look nice, but where the architecture is effectively the same as an ornament that you would place on your Christmas tree. It's not helping the bridge stand up. And so it's, it's a very intentional choice on our part um, to build a bridge where the structure and the architecture are integrated. The other really important part of this bridge is how it was designed. Um, we are located in the near west and near northwest. West neighborhoods of Indianapolis, neighborhoods have been impacted significantly by public infrastructure decisions in the past of which they had no ability to participate in. And we went through a six-month community engagement process that included a variety of ways, bilingual opportunities for people to share feedback, and we made some significant changes to the bridge as a result of that. So this bridge is the first bridge to be constructed in Marion County that was intentionally designed with more than 50% of its space dedicated to multimodal users. It means a lot to us and in many respects, we see it as an expression of our mission and so we're very excited about um, what what opportunities uh, it will create and the connection that it will provide to downtown as well as the symbolism that it offers and, and also uh, an iconic piece of architecture for the city of Indianapolis.
1: I really am so glad, Emily, that we had a chance to talk today, and if anyone is interested in coming over to 16 Tech or The Amp and they want to get involved somehow, there's opportunities there, and how do they get a hold of all of you and Um, There's
5: lots of ways to plug in. The easiest is to check out our website, www.16tech.com sign up for our newsletter. Um, you can also follow us on any of our social media channels and then uh, feel free to come visit the AMP at any point too for some great food and conversation. It's a wonderful way to experience um, 16 Tech.
1: Emily Kruger, president and CEO of 16 Tech Community Corporation. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It's 1147. Uh, Matt Bear would like me to remind you that NDOT is reminding all of you that there is a single lane closure on 82nd Street since we're talking about infrastructure structure for a minute Uh, that closure on 82nd street beginning tomorrow morning will last for a couple of weeks and according to ndot utility work will cause single lane closures on eastbound 82nd street at the i-69 intersection watch for that beginning tomorrow morning uh we'll take a quick break this is the first day on 93 wibc We're here with you, with you for just a few more minutes. It's Terry Stacy, Denny Smith, Kylan Talley. We are all in the room. What did I want to tell you all? I the to, sun's
3: shining. That's what you wanted the to The sun us is all. shining,
1: but I also wanted to mention to you uh, we've got a, da- a, a gas tax coming up. Another gas tax. It starts April 1st, and that ain't no joke.
3: It's not another one. It's an increase. an, in an increasing. Just
1: feel like it's another one and another one and another one. Um, mm-hmm. Indiana Department of Revenue announced that the state's gasoline tax will climb 0.4% or 4. 0.4 cents, I should say, to 19 cents per gallon starting on April 1st.
3: Doesn't it just seem greedy to you? I mean, they're beating yeah. the snot out of us on everything. I don't know.
1: Adding the state and federal excise taxes, the total tax on a gallon of gasoline in Indiana next month, just a few days away, will be 70.4 cents. What? Is
3: you're kidding right? me. 70.4 cents? Think that's
1: right. Rob Kendall would know better
3: than I. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Rob. Gosh. I know you're are listening get, this no, he, too. Good morning. He's in church right now. Oh, is
1: he? Did he yeah, go what do to we church? get
3: for that 70 cents? Uh, you know, are they fixing the yeah. roads,
1: really? I mean, it doesn't smell better.
3: <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
1: Whenever they raise something, I want to just Let's not talk better.
3: politics. Let's not talk know, politics no, and we're taxes. Not. We're
1: not going to, but I just wanted to make you all aware that it is, I mean, you might not be aware of it sometimes. And thank you to Rob Kendall and Casey Daniels. I hear them talking about gas tax. Fighting
3: the good fight.
1: Fighting the good fight. So, fighting the good fight in the food world is Kylan Talley with
2: Food News. <gasps> food News.
3: Don't, she's already dashed my hopes with peanut butter.
2: Food. <laughs> glorious food First day food news Oh, I don't remember the words Well, lucky thing you don't have to Some food news for you Locally, the Kansas City, Missouri based chain Chicken and Pickle says it's going to be expanding to Indiana and up in Fishers in chicken late twenty twenty four. Yeah. Never Think heard of Top of them. golf but pickleball. Have you ever played pickleball? Well you no, know, but I love it. Well you're gonna have to start practicing cause you bet I'm taking you as soon as they open.
3: So chicken Wait. is eating chicken and playing pickleball?
2: Exactly.
1: This is that's this is a great idea. I thought I you meant it was just it. a restaurant that had chicken and pickles.
2: Oh, but this is not yes. chicken Isn't and pickles. This, is a pickle you go ball. work off those calories while eating some good chicken? Is this I how bowling
3: and pizza got started? Maybe oh, so. Yeah, good I point. So. That's maybe so, Denny. Oh Lordy! Did you
1: research that? And give me a story it. No, I on it think next I'm week. done right now. <laughs> that in cryptocurrency. That's your that's your goal for next week. <laughs> for next week, yeah. cryptocurrency. Then he's going to be doing pickleball and
2: oh well. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I, I don't, love that idea.
1: Do we know when it's opening?
2: No, it's just late 2024. Well, then you didn't give us the full report. Next. No, because there's nothing more wow. yet. You calm down. You go <laughs> Judge sit down. Carrie
3: you know what? You might like this said. one.
0: This you might like this day. one. I said
3: premium. Are you, are you? I
1: said premium pre- deck coatings when it was pre- premier. I'm just a wreck today. Anyway, go ahead, Kylie
2: Well, I don't have free food for you, hopefully next week, but Sonic is introducing their new under $3 craving menu, so at least cheaper food. And then um, Kellogg's is introducing a new cereal, new Frosted Flakes (gasps) Minecraft cereal. Oh. I loved the story of this because of our children's museum, yeah. the Minecraft exhibition. Right, it right. is so cute. The kids are loving it. And I love this. In every box, if you have the little ones that love Minecraft, every box of Frosted Flakes Minecraft has a code to redeem 350 mine coins. That's a lot in their little kid brain. <laughs> is it used it? To Oh, to yeah. Is that a lot? Oh, yeah. It sounds like a lot. That's I mean, a lot. According to my brother, what it is. What do you is. do with that, then? You can buy tools Weapons and, get, and Yeah.
3: What used to be that? we used to save mm-hmm, the afraids. box tops and mail them in. Now we mm-hmm. now we just have to go online with oh, our cool. QR code.
1: I wish I still had my Kylan back in the olden days. On a box <laughs> of cereal, there would be a record. A vinyl. Well, I don't know if it was vinyl, but it was. You cut it out with your scissors on the back, and then you could play it on your record player <gasps>
2: on that a
3: 45. Is cool. or I know. You Why to do have we that?
2: have those? I
1: don't know. It probably got expensive. Oh like my everything gosh, else.
2: that is so
1: cool. Yeah, that's for the kind of coolness. I mean, you're talking about Minecraft, sure, but you never <laughs> had the opportunity. <laughs> to, I am missing to out. get to hear.
2: You know, did the I hear Archies the Na na I thought <laughs> I heard
3: that at the end. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay, Terry. Oh <laughs> Next, is there any more food news? The last one is National Spinach Day. Go eat some spinach. Yeah. Plenty of benefits for you. Thanks, Eye Popeye. health, healthy Popeye. bones. Popeye. Uh, something like that. Uh, okay, well, I guess that just about wraps it up, doesn't it?
3: It's a good day. It's going to be I a, great a great day. it was a great
1: yeah. day. It is a beautiful day. I hope you get out there and, and uh, listen, I know it's spring break for a lot of you, and if you'll check out... Look at some of the museums because a lot of the museums in town this week have some special, some free stuff for you to do a little staycation during your spring break.
2: Enjoy the sun before the rain.
1: Mm-hmm. It's coming. Thanks, Denny. All right, buddy. Thanks, Kylan. Oh, my pleasure. Good job, Terry. Thank you. <laughs> have a great rest of your day and a good week ahead. Today's top stories are coming up at the top of the hour. with Fox News, ninety-three WIBC.
4: Sun